Good morning. <laughs> I wanted to catch some of that. What? <laughs> I wanted to catch some of that. Did you catch it? I did, yes. Oh, good. Yep. Um, good morning and welcome to your daily game face. For those of you who have no idea what we're laughing about, I was dancing in the chair. I was oh, that's all right. swinging back and forth in yep. the chair. Um, and, well, anyway, welcome. I'm Dr. Kimberly Landon, and it is the 21st of October. It's the oh, first time you've God. used Kimberly. What? It's the first time you've used Kimberly. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Okay, Dr. Kim Lannon. That's fine if yes. you want. Um, I'm just noting it. Dr. That's all. Kim, but yeah. yeah, I don't know why that came up this morning. I'm just in one of those moods. You have Kimberly. issues with Kimberly. Kimberly. Nobody really calls me that. Yeah. And I won't even say it because then you'll call it. There's one thing you can't call me, but yeah. Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, but my grandmother, God rest her soul, is allowed yeah. to call me that. Nobody, because uh, you get the death eye. The I'm that with. I'm that with Lewis. Oh. oh. Yeah. So if I'm mad, who was my mother when Lewis. she was mad? My best friend, you know, Dave. Yeah. He calls me Lewis on occasion. He gets away with that oh. sometimes. So and when no I do one my get... morning ritual in the morning when I yeah. come in and say, "Honey, I'm home." Yeah. Can I say, "Honey, I'm home, Lewis"? <laughs> Actually, if you really want to get to me, it's Louis. No one says oh, Louis. See, that's the Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> the Kimmy thing. I can't do the Kimmy. Kimmy reminds me of like the annoying girl down the street. Yeah. Maybe people think I'm the annoying girl down the street, but if you do, don't tell me that and don't call me Kimmy. Sorry. Because yeah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. No one who's um, been a positive in my life has ever used Louie. The, the positive? Yeah, no one who has been a positive oh, in my life has yeah. used Louie. Because Louie right. is demeaning. They're, tell, they're telling you that. I'm, you must feel the same way about Kimmy. Yeah. It's well, demeaning. It's my grandmother. My grandmother, because she had a way of saying it that wasn't... Well, no, not annoying. your grandmother. But if a person on the street calls you Kimmy oh. or calls me Louie, they're diminishing me. Yes, they're, right. Well, that, And that's the thing. is yeah. that Anybody that I know that does call me that... And it's not being funny because they know about right. it or they're just being – I can tell when they're just being funny versus when right. they're saying Kimmy to be like pat on my head. And yeah. Mm, yep. It's not a good thing. Right. So, yeah. It's like – remember Kimmy Gibbler? You probably didn't watch. I do remember Kimmy. Do you remember? Of course. So when I hear Kimmy, I, I have think kids. of Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah. And I'm just not a fan of that. I okay. loved her as yeah. a character, but – I'm just not that fan. <laughs> anyway, so I digress this yes. morning. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm here with What, digress Lou. from what? We weren't digressing from anything. I know. Well, <laughs> yes, I was. I was digressing from the show. Right. Because nobody really cares about what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> well, like, we do. I bet I bet everybody has a form of their name that, that like. annoys them. Probably. Yeah. Yes. And some people more than others, because I have been corrected many a time. And when I say, that's why I always ask people, I say, what would you like to be called or what would you prefer? Because yep. I don't want right. to step on that. Because I know how important it is to not be called the wrong name. And I'm guessing you get Kimberly when you were in trouble when you were. Mm. Did that happen for you? A lot of people well, deal I wasn't with in that. I in trouble very often. There's I, my angel, right? <laughs> um, mm. I got the middle name. I think. Louis Anthony. Come in oh, here. Oh, yeah. you're giving me all your goods today. Yeah. yeah well. Right? Um, it's too late in life to worry about that. Really, yeah, no. Maybe, hey, you. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you. I can't even remember that. That's awful. If you left a mess in the kitchen or a mess in the living room. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. I'd get that. Kimberly, come in here and clean probably, this up. Probably, yeah. probably. I really, I mean, not being totally goody and Pollyanna, I didn't get in trouble a lot. So, yeah. because I was afraid to get in trouble, therefore, I didn't get in trouble because I would... It was like the look of death, and yep. that was enough to just stop me. So I was, you know, not by choice being a good girl, but <laughs> by force. <laughs> well, uh, whatever the works. Fear and wrath of God, I was not. So I'm sure it was Kimberly Ann. I am Kimberly Ann. So yes, nonetheless. Wow, Ann is Ann is a very common woman's middle name. I know, isn't well, it? Well, Kimberly Ann and Catherine Ann, and yeah. 
Stella Ann and Buffy Ann. Lisa Ann. I know. So anyway, Mm -hmm. good morning. Good morning. And um, this is Emotional Wellness Month. Did you know that? I did not. Do you do you have any idea what emotional wellness is? I hope so by now. Yeah, I would I would <laughs> think so. So, but well, emotional wellness month, from my understanding, when it originally came out, which is you know, there's always a month for something. When it was originally indoctrinated, it was actually indoctrinated by people who do all like the promises um, sanctuaries for recovery and addiction, yep. um, and all the different places down in Florida, and it kind of grew and grew. But now it's like countrywide and in the psych world we talk about emotional wellness month in october mm-hmm. and the reason being from my perspective is we're coming into the holiday season oh yeah you know and we did talk about that a little bit last week yeah. and um we also are coming into apparently a very large uptick in all of us being shut down which member i predicted that by november 1st we would all be back into quarantine yep. and it looks like it's going that way and so we've got stress going up from holidays people just trying to decide whether or not they're going to get together with family which last week was it last week that i talked about that you, this is a great reason not to have to get together so you yes. should all just stay home yes. in your own spaces and even though that might be boring hey it cuts down on a whole year of having to maneuver family dynamics yeah find the opportunity in this right if you're so irish and italian like i am comes to you irish or italian like i am it's an opportunity <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> to not do the family thing. Exactly. So so there are benefits. But going back to the emotional wellness piece, and we can touch on the holidays, but the emotional wellness piece of coming into this time of year is pretty significant, even if we didn't have COVID going on, because people are so, um, you've got seasonal affective disorder. Even if you don't have the full disorder, you have the light change, which we've talked about. Yeah. You have the holiday, you know, as soon as essentially, well, Christmas decorations are already up, but yep. as soon as you hit... Um, Halloween, then you're going to go right into, you know, January. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just a, a, a full speed ahead. Well, everyone's feeling the lack of light already, and right. then we're going to get the time change, which exactly. just does everybody in. And and that's, and, and that's yeah. the, I think, you know, the hardest thing for, you know, why people go down to Florida or people go to Arizona or they go, you know, because the, the time shift doesn't affect them in the same way with the light and mm-hmm. the warmth and being able to be outside. And, and the past week, people have been a little bit more afraid and saying, why are we getting an uptick in Massachusetts? It's all this stuff. I mean, there could be a variety of reasons. I've heard people say, oh, it's because kids are going to parties and people are doing frat. There's no frat parties unless they're doing them you know, off the side. But right. from a clinical scientific standpoint, it's getting colder. It's getting darker. People are coming inside. People are getting a little bit more lax. And so people still want to hang out together like they've been doing all summer. And, and now they're still doing it, but they're getting closer together. Right. And then they're coming in and doing it. So, um I think that the message would be just keep doing what you were doing while you were outside, but, you know, do it. If you want to be with people, stay in your bubbles, do your thing, and so that you don't have that spread. And it's not about really maybe, I know, unfortunately, I hear people say, I don't really care about anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) But on on, on that side, it's, it's if you don't care about anybody else, if you want to continue your social atmosphere and you want to continue doing your thing, you got to figure out how to do it for yourself. So that means you've got to make your own provisions to be able to do that because then it will impact other people because you have to be able to right. accommodate the whole, not just the one. <laughs> Although people would like to be selfish, um, you can't do that. and ha- You can't have your cake and eat it too on that one. No. So it's, so it's, you know, if you want to have social life and you still want to be able to not suffer the effects of the darkness coming and the holidays coming and the pressures of family and all the money things because of Christmas that your people are already shopping for and all these things to keep themselves busy, you have to take a deep breath and really step back and say, mm-hmm. okay, what do I need to do here? So 
that's an emotional wellness piece. Yes. And 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 there's so many facets of this. And for the the reason why I came up today is uh, because it's the month of emotional wellness, but also because so many people are talking about all these different factors. I was just talking to friends last night about serial killers. Really? Because that's been <laughs> and I, I told them I would mention that on the show today because Why not? <laughs> well because everyone's being inside now, right? So all these shows are coming on TV that yeah. are much more we've noticed an uptick in the shows on serial killers. So, you know, if you want to really be uplifted in emotional <laughs> wellness month, you can go inside and watch serial killers it, on, it, on TV. It's funny you bring that up because I've recently got another lesson in how important controlling your access to media in general is or being smart about it not controlling right. it because people that sounds like down but being smart about it my girlfriend has me watching 90 day fiance i'm sorry i know <laughs> and it's like I'm, I'm several episodes into this and it's like all i'm thinking is i hate all these people i just hate they're all idiots and it's just it's really kind of aggravating the whole thing is kind of aggravating it's like i can't root for anybody and it's like why you know so Why? are you watching the actual when, So there's several versions of it. You yeah. can watch the people that are currently getting into the 90 days, or you can watch the one that all the people that were in it and they're now married or together, and they're watching the other people commenting on their other oh, people. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you we, seen that one? We've just, the, the first season I'm watch, first season I'm being forced to watch here <laughs> has just forced. got up. You just choose to not. Has just got to the tell-alls. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. The tell-alls at the end, which I'm just not doing. It's just like uh, you see the trailer, so and it's say, like the 90, wow. The ninety-day fiance. Mm -hmm. Your emotional wellness piece has to be fulfilled by watching the tell-alls because that's the most entertaining part. It, it really? Yes. I, see, I don't find it entertaining. It's like you all this. You have to go in with that in your head, being like, "This is going to be entertaining." I'm too empath. Like <laughs> I'm just taking all this on, you know. <laughs> I can't just sit there and laugh at them. Oh, it's like, it's like I just take on all this emotion. What, are you taking? Are you taking on the emotion? I can't remember his name because I can't remember what season uh, it is. But the man that was like, he had the girl in Russia, and she kept oh, the saying, young send kid? me money, and he kept sending her money, and he's like a, he's either like a, he's a nail tech, and he makes very little money, but he kept sending her money, and he was going to marry oh. her and meet her in Aruba or something. Oh, I'm not sure now. See, I, so yeah. See, I, the only reason why I know this is because my cousin's wife would be watching it pre-COVID, and I'd be on the elliptical at the gym and we would be texting back and forth watching yeah. it laughing because she'd be at home <laughs> watching it and screenshotting to me and i'd be watching it in the it's gym just, and we'd be laughing about it's it. just the worst of humanity it's just <laughs> awful and it's caused some strain because on a couple of the couples we're on the exact opposite i'm not rooting for anybody because they're all idiots okay but it's like <laughs> <laughs> tell me how you really feel Lou. in one of the couples it's like i just literally hate the woman i just hate her okay you know she's just an awful person Okay. Not that the not that the guy is, you know, stellar. Stellar, but she's just an awful person, and, and my girlfriend's on the opposite side of the whole thing. Oh. He's an awful person, and, and but it's see, like, it's giving you, it's giving you, and and you know, probably our listeners are like, what is she talking about yeah. today? But it's it's giving you something, right? Here's the, you, it may not be the ultimate in emotional wellness, but mm -hmm. you guys are finding something to distract yourselves with, that's entertaining. I use the air quotes on the entertaining. But it's it's fulfilling something, and it's giving you something to talk about. It's yeah. giving you distraction. It's it's regulating your nervous system in some ways from being annoyed, angry. All and right, so I have to look in because I cannot get to the entertaining part. Okay. It's like I said, I'm taking all this on. I know. Why are you taking it on? I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> just who I am. But <laughs> it's like, you know, 
I just can't find. I'm, I'm not a dark, not not a dark comedy guy. It's just like, you know, I just take stuff on, and it's like these people are in such turmoil, and it's all self-induced, and it's well, it's yes. aggravating as all hell. Well, that's but so it's it's to what I was saying to you a little bit tongue in cheek of saying it's a choice. Yeah. You're being forced, but you're choosing to watch. They're choosing to do this. They're yeah. choosing to get paid. They're choosing to do whatever they're doing. You know, it's like whether they're doing that or The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or mm -hmm. Love Island or, you know, all those yep. shows. They're all choosing to do that. So you're choosing to watch under force mm -hmm. and duress. Yeah. Right. But to do that. Uh, but what's interesting about the bridge that you made there was I was talking about serial killers. Yeah. And you lapsed. Well, no, because serial, <laughs> I, I would, serial kills, that's the same kind of thing. It's exposing yourself to this, oh, to this um, uh, dysfunction and, right. and just angst. Well, and yes. it's like the serial killer documentary, it's probably, they're probably about real ser serial yes, killers, I would imagine. Yes, they are. Right? Which, but still, it's a little bit even more detached than watching these people's lives. It's just, you get sucked into all this. Well, yeah, because the serial killers' lives on the documentaries are already documented as what has happened and the end yep. result. Whereas you're watching <clears throat> the reality shows, you know, the Housewives of Beverly Hills or, right. you know, any of those shows, you're watching the semi-truth. I don't consider yeah. it the full-on because it's obviously, obviously semi-scripted. Yeah. But you're watching people's lives and you're having to figure out what they're doing in comparison, essentially, to your life. And that's what those shows capitalize on yeah. emotionally. They, I mean, they're do, you know the fact that you're having that kind of experience, that may not be what they set out to, but you're having an emotional experience that connects you to the show, that keeps you, you know, it's social comparison. Like, wow, my life isn't like that. Thank God I'm not doing that. They, I mean, people yeah, I guess, do that yeah. all the time. I mean, I hear about it in my office. People talk about it like you're talking about in my office. Mm -hmm. As did you see that? As if it's. In real and no nobody thinks it's real i think yeah. but they come in thinking you know did you see that at least i'm not that bad or at least i'm not doing that or can you believe oh, really? that's happening oh yeah oh really yeah yeah absolutely so i mean there's a there's a a set of people that are their emotional health around that is to be at the tv at that time at night to watch that show or to watch the reruns or to watch the... So it's kind of a relief. Things on, aren't that bad for me. On demand. Yeah. Well, that's what people do, social yeah. comparison. You know, that's that's one of the ways to stay healthy and well a lot of times is people just socially compare all the time. I mean, children are taught to socially compare since, you know, basically they start developmentally doing it very early on, three, four, five. By the time they're five, six in the school age years, they're socially comparing all the time. Mm. And that's what socially norms people. So when you watch shows that are like that, you know, you're drawn in because you are comparing, even if you don't realize it. You're 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 also objectifying to find a way to. Can I be like you know, everybody want not everybody but loosely everybody wants to be a housewife of Beverly Hills or Atlanta or whatever because yeah. you can slip it or quintessential show the Kardashians. Who doesn't want to be a Kardashian? I do not. So it's just saying, <laughs> but but that's you know that's the pull of those shows is that they bring people into the fantasy life to give them a space to, it's like reading a book without having to read you go in and you experience it it feels like you're part of it you come to know the characters and it gives you a sense of well-being as strange as that sounds that's yeah. why those things exist so, so what's wrong with me that that doesn't work for me it, it doesn't work for everybody but yeah. that's what the appeal is to people who do like the show mm -hmm. it's that's why they have the amount of percentage of people that do watch is because it pulls you know for that type of population that's socially comparing, that wants to, that wants to be like, that will go out and buy 
you know, the $1,000 Louis Vuitton purse, or they'll go out and buy Jimmy Choo yeah. shoes. That's a lot to <laughs> say. You know, or they'll do that because they've seen it. So it's that makes fe- people feel connected. They're like them, that they can run in that world. And that gives people a sense of um, purpose. But it also gets people into trouble because, you know, when we talk about it beginning, like, uh, addiction, People who have addiction and they have all, they watch that and then they go out and spend and buy and yeah. get themselves into debt and then they I, I mean I have a couple of clients over the past couple years probably the past decade for one of them who tries to keep up literally with the Kardashians and they are on a pinching penny budget and they just can't do it and that's right. not emotionally stable for them at all but right. we, and we talk about it weekly that this is not realistic, reasonable, and rational to be able to stay well. And this person particularly comes into this coming month, talk about emotional wellness, and already gearing up for spending at least fifteen to $20,000 on Christmas on only a couple people. And it's just extraordinary because they don't have the resources, but they tap out all their credit cards. They spend the whole year spending them down, and then they redo it again. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, you know, as much as it seems tangential today, it really comes back to, what do people do to keep themselves emotionally well? How do they do it? And is it reasonable, rational, and realistic to actually do the things that they're doing? But putting clinical stuff aside, and I'm guessing that's what Fine. that's what um, that's what uh, mental wellness is about. I mean, clinical stuff is clinical stuff. You deal with it a certain way, right. but just your general overall uh, relationship with life. Right. Right. Just right. your mental state. It's your, it's your, men, it's, it's basically your, your relationship between what your mind is doing and your body's doing together and how they're talking yeah. to each other, given what's going on in your environment. So what, ha- exactly. So what plays a bigger role in that than media, whether it be news, whether it be Facebook, whether it be a 90 day fiance, whatever it is, what plays a bigger role in your mental wellness than Well, but so not all people have the social media or just the media on them so i mean i i can tell you that there's plenty of people that and you know this there's plenty of people that have just environment of peers friends co-workers i mean i have several clients probably more than several clients that don't have tv they have netflix and they have you know they don't pay for cable they don't watch news they don't have any of that they're not on facebook they're not trust me netflix is enough (laughs) <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. Well, yes, but it, I, I mean, I think that I hear from people that just have like the Netflix and the, you know, on demand and Hulu, right. I hear more from them about just shows versus the social media influencing of them. Like yeah. They're not watching 90 Day Fiance. They're not watching it. They're watching documentaries more or they're watching the, the new series that are coming out that are just fiction and fantasy and all that stuff. Right. Whereas I think that to your question is, where do people get their emotional wellness if you know if they're not out in that in that little area? I mean, people get influenced all the time by their family and their school yeah. and their jobs and just everyday life. I was just speaking to awareness of those influences, understanding what they do to you, and right. that you're going to approach them a different way. Sure. If you understand when it's being positive for you and when it's being negative for you. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think I don't think a lot of people. I think a lot of people like fish. They don't know when they're in water. Right. And a lot of people are going around from day to day getting this input from their family and friends, from social media, from news, from TV. Right. And they don't understand the effect it's having on them. Well, and agree, because that's kind of that's even pre social media, pre having even cell phones. I mean, one of the, the biggest things in in psychology, not clinical, just the psychology of understanding human beings is that 
people walk around largely very unaware and very um, disconnected from what is present versus, you know, the awareness around them. You know, I, I think way back when we first started the show, I talked about doing sensory exercises of just paying attention to today, just just pay attention to everything you see. Yep. Not that everything else isn't working because senses all work, but today do that. Tomorrow do right. like everything you hear. It's amazing what you're missing because you're constantly getting a stream of information that you're filtering out for whatever your experience is to have what it's what's supposed to be there. But if you just really focus and stay aware of your present environment, it changes your whole experience. Yeah. And people don't do that. People walk through life and life happens to them and your perception gets completely changed by just that shift in perception of sensory information. Yeah. Um, you know, going down the street and realizing that that little, that little monument has been there for decades and you never noticed it until yesterday. And you wonder why. You're like, has that always been there? Yeah. Well, yes, but you didn't notice it because you're bombarded with everything else going on and you didn't focus in on it because you're just going through. Now, that's kind of on a surface level. If you're really talking about people's emotional awareness um, and taking accountability for themselves to make changes in their lives or to really know what they're doing, people have to look really deeply inward to know that they have to do that. And that's hard for people. Yeah. Because, one, that takes time. We're an instant gratification society. Um, again, it takes time. And a lot of times it has pain involved in doing that. So pe it's way easier just to keep kind of going along because then you don't have to stop and look at why something is because then you get caught up in the glitch of it's that way because of something good and or something bad or both. And people don't want to do that. And they know it's there, but subconsciously they just trudge through. Right. But managing that gives you control. Well, yes. People don't understand how much control they have. Right. So they just they just take it all on. Right. And that's but that's the illusion of the control that they think that they can get by doing that. And that's that makes people dysregulate emotionally. So the emotional wellness doesn't come. People have that illusion that they're in control because they 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 take it all on and they go yeah. through that. But they really don't have that. Right. Um, but people convince themselves that they do. I mean, that's and that's not new. This is a human nature thing is that people will get that sense of control because it feels like that. I mean, that's the thing about anxiety. It's all about I'm trying to control for what I can't control for. Did you, oh, I saw the look. I'm trying to control for what I can't control for. People are uh, always yeah, okay, doing, yes. right? Yeah. I'm always trying to get a handle on the what ifs, the what will be, the what could be, right. the what should be, the what might be, um, the fear generation, all that. I'm trying to get control of it by making sure, you know, I'm putting my fingers in all the damn right. holes to make sure nothing's flooding me. Right. But there's always another one popping open. I can't get it. I can't get ahead instead of just saying, okay, I can't control for 99% of those things. And what I can control for is this, this, and this, and that's it. But people then have to relinquish an acceptance piece there to be able to be emotionally stable. Right. Yes. And it's and when I say emotionally stable, I don't mean that some you know people are walking around completely you know pathological and losing their minds. I'm just talking about just being like off from moment to moment, or feeling like, okay, I don't need to worry about this, or I can be okay here, right? People don't do that. They just keep going, 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 thinking that if I keep controlling for it, it's going to be okay. So yeah. when I describe it to clients, it's like um, putting too many groceries in a, in, a, in, a, in a cheap paper bag <laughs> from the stores <laughs> that they give you now. Right. And, and it filling up, and then it rips open because there's no more places to go. And then, then what do you do? Then you scramble because you've got to put it in 10 different bags. But what do people do? 
they the, the bag rips open that falls apart and they try to piece it all back together and carry it instead of finding a new way to do it. Yeah. So it speaks to like all the things that we've been talking about for weeks is that to stay in some center of health and wellness in your mind and body, you have to be able to, you know, take on only what you can take on and be really um, selective about what you have control over. And I'm not telling stories out of, t- out of school about my girlfriend, so this is not about my girlfriend. But <laughs> Okay, I'll remember Just a, that. a bad night's sleep the other day, and right before she went to sleep, she's in a text conversation with her mother, mother's kind of older and you know her father's kind of older in an argument about how to deal with father's dialysis and getting him to Uh and from dialysis and stuff like that and got really emotional about it and it's like this is laying in bed before you go to sleep Mm -hmm. and it's like well how do you expect to sleep after that exactly you know and it's like it's 11 30 12 at night what do you what's going to happen right now this is this the whole discussion will be there tomorrow get a good night's sleep and then go after it you know and and but But she's wondering she's she complained because she didn't have a great night's sleep, but didn't identify the source of it or what I, you know, well, maybe right. I'm wrong, but that looked like the source of it to me. Well, it, right. And and it could have been, it, that was the direct source in the moment of it, but also in addition, probably the accumulation of all the things that she was thinking about coming into that, that yeah. might've been put aside had she not done the call. So absolutely. But that's what I'm saying is that people don't look at the cause. They just like, I don't, I didn't have a good night's sleep. And then right. just chalk it up to, I didn't have a good night's sleep instead of really looking at, okay, probably should have put a limit on that. My grandmother, I am going to tell a tale out of school and I'm sure that somebody will like give me a smackdown for this, but I am she, my grandmother, God love her soul. She would get calls from family members in my life. See, I won't completely throw anyone under the bus, but in my <laughs> life, certain family members would call my grandmother at 11 o'clock at night and there would usually be stressful content and there would be usually stuff and she used to tell me you know when I was it, it, this was in my teenage years in 20 30 you know she'd, she'd say I, I need to have a limit and it wasn't me she was saying I need to have yeah. a limit from these people that are calling me that 10 o'clock so she put in a 10 o'clock nobody calls you know the people that would do this to her would then take the limit and call it like 9.59 <laughs> and then still would have the 45 right. minute stress conversation with her and so finally i think i was in my 20s and you know just starting this career and i said why don't you not answer the phone yes (laughs) but you know because she was it could be a tattoo of mine just because the phone rings that doesn't mean you have to answer answer it it, right so but it was you know to the point of taking control over what you have control over and thinking outside the box it she didn't smart woman very smart woman she just didn't think because she's a mom and grandmother an aunt a friend to not pick up the phone because that would be the wrong thing to do. And I said, if it saves you sleep and it saves you the stress that you have, why wouldn't you just not answer the phone? So I was always very mindful that if I was going to call her and it was getting later and she'd set that, I would be, you know, it would be, unless it was emergency, it'd be like 8 o'clock, 8.30, out of respect for that. But people don't do that. And so, therefore, she was participating in her own pain. And it's (laughs) tough when people, because we've joked about it before, and I've tried the curfew thing. Yeah. Curfew on angst. Right. You know, it's like, no, we're not just not dealing with it. We'll watch Family Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of instead of having another discussion. And that doesn't rev you up. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like Family Guy. Uh, And South Park. Yeah. uh, Instead of having another covid discussion. Right. You know, at 11 o'clock at night, let's watch an episode of Family Guy or or whatever, you know, because I'm I'm done. I'm done for the day. It'll be there tomorrow. We'll go back and do that tomorrow. And I try to do that. But it's difficult with people who don't 
understand the same understand the value of that and it gets me to the point where i start wondering if i'm if i'm the problem in other words going back to 90 day fiance how it bugs me does it bug me because of what it is or does it bug me because of my reaction to it in other words should i have more, more control than my reaction to it and just slough it off well i mean so i think i don't think you're unusual in the fact that you have some i i mean this isn't your one and only case of, of how you're describing it. I think yeah. there's lots of people that feel the way that you do about that. And I, but I, I also think that what I was going to say when you're talking about um, like family guy versus COVID and those conversations, and this is to the, to the mental wellness point is that there's some people um, and, and listeners out there would be able to probably identify with this as awareness is that the constant alarm state that a body is in yes. needs to be constantly kept going because that's what you've come to know so if you're always in in alarm 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 you need it's an addiction to the body and the brain i was going to say some people are addicted to it right some people need that exactly uh, or, or desire seem to seem to chase that exactly yeah so it's so it's and it and it's similar in terms of the way it makes a person feel it's it's an endorphin rush it's a dopamine release yep. it's got some gaba which is the anxiety so in the serotonin mood regulator so not having it for some people is it would make them go through withdrawal so so say your friend or whoever is needing to watch till eleven thirty at night the news and they get revved up and yep. if they turn it off at 10 that would rev them up even more then that's something that a person would have to look at but people don't people yeah. don't look at it like that because they'll just continue the behavior and it keeps reinforcing reinforcing but that's by and large one of the mental the mental i keep saying mental health wellness it's just wellness because the body the body gets trained to wire itself to go into alarm all the time so if you're always in alarm it stays in alarm and yep. the way to back it down is you have to be aware but you have to want to be aware and right. if you don't want to be aware, then you're not right. going to do it. You know, people will often ask me, why doesn't that person change? And, and especially when you're talking about addiction, people will say, well, they just don't have the willpower. They don't, that has nothing to do with it. They have to want to. And if you don't want to, right? you know, the pain has to become great enough for that person. I've learned in, in, in many years of doing this and also personal experience with people in my life that have addiction which this is part of, you know, you're talking about wellness of the, of the right. alarm system, um, that you can't want it more than that person. And it has nothing to do with being weak or willpower. It has to do with the pain has to become great enough in a person's life, emotionally or physically or whichever way or both, to be able to have that person want to change enough. And if it doesn't become great enough, then there's yeah. usually poor results. So now that's the extreme. So if we're talking about, you know, just watching these TV shows that rev people up at night or something that gets, you know, discussion at 1130 and 12 o'clock at night and then people go to bed on it, it's it's got that, okay, when will there be a change? Well, when a person says, you know, I've decided that I really don't want to do that until midnight anymore. Yeah. That I really do. But if you want it and someone else doesn't want it, then you're always going to have that, that clash yeah. that... People won't want to do what you want because they want what they want. And their alarm system's going, so they're going to meet what their alarm system is. And your alarm system is down. It's, like, turned off. So yep. you're not you know. But people in alarm want you to be in alarm with them. Yes. Yes. My personal experience, yes. and I think this happens for a lot of people, is you lose track of the alternative. In other words, mm -hmm. um, they don't have those moments. There's, uh, 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 there's a guy, he's semi-philosopher on – he's – 
hosted mind games and he talks about mental oh, health yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. jason silver yeah, yeah yeah, you know yeah and he, he's very intense he has some issues too but he's very intense and you have to wade through what he says but he keeps talking about flow state and you get into these moments when everything's great in other words um whatever is happening in the moment has brought you to that moment right. and that's all there is right right you're just living there you're happy everything's at peace and for me it was just getting to those moments and i kept saying how do i get more of these right you know how do i extend this how do i get more of these and then you start figuring out that you can control it and create those states right. and right. then you want that more and more but i think a lot of people get into alarm state as you put it so much they never have the flow state moment so they don't know what they're missing right 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 because they and it's it, it's to that point of like going down the narrow path of getting used to the body and the mind getting used to just being in the alarm and anything outside of that would be the unknown therefore fear generating therefore more anxiety right. therefore out of control yeah so people stay with what they know even if it's painful dancing with the devil you know versus the one you don't and to get someone to change that's why you know to get someone to change they have to do it themselves by saying, I know I need a change. Yeah. To be open to generating those ideas because people lose track of the idea that they can alternatively generate something for themselves because they're so used to what they're doing and think that there's nothing else that can be done. Right. Which is why people come to doctors like me is they're really looking for a way that's different than what they're thinking. And most of the time, people like me, I, prov I provide. Yeah right out of the gate after like a first session i'll i'll give an alternative to a person's situation right out of the gate always so that they leave with at least something because there's almost I, I don't even think i can think of a time where there's not an alternative to a person coming in and saying did you think of this and sometimes they've said yes but haven't acted on it or sometimes they just needed the validation or reassurance or sometimes they haven't thought of it at all because they're in that little vortex of right this is what i know this is what i know and i'm stuck and i'm stuck and i'm stuck yeah and they never never release it enough to get into those situations you know for me it was it was my firstborn and my daughter and spending time with my daughter and it's like there were moments with her when it was like everything was great right you know didn't care about anything else right you know and every, you get up every day and you do what you need to do and you deal with what you need to deal with but you get home at the end of the day and you get a couple hours with your daughter right sit and play with her and it, it you know then that's like how do i get more of this i want more right. of this and and that's and that's you know, generating that fulfillment piece mm -hmm. of um, remembering those moments and trying to generate more for yourself. I, I think what people do in, in seeing that is that you wish and want for it and then it falls short because then people don't know how to generate it or right. don't know how to go looking for it, then become disappointed because the expectation is so high that one should feel this way all the time. And then, you, and I see this. And they kids. never really get into that moment because right. it's difficult to put down everything else to get into that because moment. Because they're missing the opportunity because yeah. they're trying so hard or they're trying too hard or they get in that mindset of the whole day should feel like this or or it, instead of it just being, okay, I can have a couple moments during the day that are really great. Yeah. And that doesn't mean because I've had a, a, a yucky moment or a bad moment or this didn't feel good here that the rest of the day has to go that way. People are very all or nothing a lot of times. So... If I can't have that feeling, then it must be something bad, and then they go right down that chute yep. and reinforce, which that puts people into the alarm state again. And the health and wellness piece of that for mind-body goes right out the door because you're into alarm, and when your body goes into alarm, and 
and for people that are going to ask me, what is the alarm state? It's the central nervous system, essentially, with the polyvagal nerve, which is your emotional regulator, other technical things. It gets going together, and they just they just kind of run amok in your body, yep. which is the anxiety. You get the sweaty palms. You don't feel good. You might not eat. You might overeat. It's all the things that produce your body to go into dysregulation yep. to go towards whatever you're going to do. You see a bear in every cave. Right. Right? Exactly, and not only that, you see caves that aren't there and bears that aren't there. Exactly, right. and so and so because you you, gen you constantly want to generate that, right? Yeah, because that's what you're used to. Yeah, and so if you can, and if you can't, now go back to the like being locked down and quarantined. If you can't, what do you do? People are now. This is why depression, anxiety's gone up thirty percent. Addiction's gone up thirty, almost thirty percent, because people are now doing all that. Online buying has gone up because people are you know until stores reopen, but people are still doing all those behaviors and they're just up because they're not re-regulating themselves and so when the bear is there and the cave is there or the bear is not there and the cave is not yep. there they're still fulfilling that empty space for themselves because they're not connecting the awareness piece of what's really going on they're just getting temporary help for you know the dysregulation or the alarm state cassie says sometimes it isn't about control it's about trying to plan embrace myself for what the ifs um for what ifs or uh, what could happen those types of things. First of all, hi, that's, Cassie. That's, Thank you for joining. That's bear in the back of the cave, right? Yes. Yeah. So it, so repeat again what she said. It's about what? Uh, sometimes it isn't about control. It's about trying to plan, embrace myself for the what ifs or the what could happen. Right. Threat so, generating. So it's so that's anticipatory yeah. anxiety. So, And that's a really common you know, fear generator, right? Is mm -hmm. If you plan for all the what ifs, then everything will be okay. However, you can't plan for all the what ifs. <laughs> As right. we know, right, logically, intellectually, everybody knows that. I know even Cassie knows that. So, um, But it makes us feel good because we get that illusion of control. Right, exactly, yes. And, and, and you know, in jest, I often say it's the delusion of control. It's right. the belief that we have, right? Delusions are beliefs that we come to have that are about, well, if I, if I plan, if, and I do that on purpose, if I plan for this, it will be okay. Um, no. no and, yeah. and usually if you plan for all the things that you're planning for, those things never even happen anyway. So you're planning for things that don't even occur instead of really actually going with the flow because your body and your mind know how to respond or react to what they need to without planning. Right. But you're so people are so worried about what might happen that it makes them feel good because it's the alarm system being soothed at the time by having the thought process that they have it under control. Right. It's a very vicious cycle. Yeah. You know, and the problem with the problem with that often is opportunity costs. Yes. Because what happens is if you you start planning forward and you start planning for all these contingencies and you never see the opportunity, it's more about going as far as you can see and then seeing then looking further. Right. Than trying to plan out the whole scenario. Well, so so when you overplan and you miss out on opportunities, mm -hmm. there's two pieces. When you overplan, you're basically overloading your mind with, with too much stimulus. Right. Right. You're just overloading it so that you're sort of blinding yourself from everything else that's going on, which causes a missed opportunity because you're protecting so well to stay away from. Yeah. <laughs> what is? And, and you then, put blinders on. You don't see the opportunities exactly, when they present themselves. Exactly. But you've protected yourself. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, the defense of one's emotional well-being comes up because you think I've got it covered. But you're missing the opportunities that are happening out in front of you, and 
some people are fine with that because they'd rather have the protection than miss, sure. than the missed opportunity. But most people I talk to want to have the opportunity that's out in front of them, but it's just getting past that, you know, the forest through the trees kind of thing, getting onto the other side to say, okay, I I can see what's here and I plan for that. I'm going to put it here, but here's what's happening here. I'm going to take a little chance to take this leap to do this. And not many people will do that. I mean, some will, but it's it's easier to just stay with that right. little protection plan because it's it's we've usually by the time someone's at that point in the planning and the anticipatory anxiety, they've had enough hurts in their life, they've right. had enough rejection, abandonment, uh, detachment, breakups, hurt, you know, whatever's happened, that that serves as a great buffer for them, and they don't need to go outside of it because there's a comfort in that, even though it's completely uncomfortable. And painful for many people. They'd rather stay in that than take that leap out to go, well, that might be out there because it's an unknown and it's a fear. And why do that when we have yeah. what we know, even though it's terrible? So you're conditioned to an extent. It's right. my attitude to its phone calls. When <laughs> when people start calling me with good news, I'll start answering the phone. Exactly. Yeah. But you'll never answer the phone, so you'll never know if it's good news right. or not. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what you've experienced in your life in terms of opportunity and unknown, in other words, if you have strings that are untied, if right. you can't fill, if you can't create the entire scenario in your head, in the past that's never worked out for you because you've been surprised or hurt by something. Right. 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 But some people have just gone along without figuring the whole thing out and gotten some really great opportunities of things they never expected. Have had positive experiences, so they can deal with that better than people who've just been blindsided by negative experiences and trauma. Well, so it, so there's so many interesting things I think about that because it's such a complex and complicated scenario for people because there's some people you know how you look at some people and you go oh, they just they, they just kind of go with the flow and never register like that yeah. stuff they just keep going and it doesn't matter they just fall into stuff and they just fall into stuff yeah um i mean there's i think there's probably some people that sure that happens but my experience with people is that um and i'm sure you've had seen this too is that people who have those good things happen have made them happen yes. they work at them they and it, and it's and it makes they make it look like it's not work because right. they've they've got a plan in place that's not step by step. It's just that they logically or methodically or um, with confidence because they have resiliency, right. which comes from early in their life, go through and just go. I'm just going to go with the flow. So they look more temperamental, um, easygoing, and less difficult or less agitated in life and they just go through but people don't realize that those people nothing happens overnight for them nothing they're still right. they're still doing the work they're just not showing it people who struggle tend to show the work people that are really struggling will you can tell that they're struggling yeah um and that's and so the differentiation when someone's really struggling and they're looking at someone that's not struggling or it appears they're not struggling it's because of the way that they're coming out in the world and presenting it and that doesn't mean the person's not struggling or hasn't had it. It's just that the resiliency factors or the protective factors have gone ahead and they're not in an alarm state anymore. Mm -hmm. Or they've never been in a full alarm state because they're regulating it. Now, how does that happen? Well, that happens with different support people and environmental factors that are there. Maybe, you know, family members or friends or things like that. Not everybody has that. But certainly for someone to be able to move forward out of the difficult spaces and the anticipatory anxiety spaces... Um, that's where social comparison has to sort of drop off and say you can't compare to what that other person is because you have no idea. Right, right. Yeah. You have no idea. 
Mm-hmm. But people do that, and they're like, that person has it so easy. Yeah, no. Mm, not always, and most of the time not true, you know. I mean, people are like, oh, I see that person, that, you know. For example, if I have a couple of clients that know each other, you know, they'll talk about each other kind of thing. You know, that they've been doing all this work for all these years. I run into people that know each other kind of yeah. thing. And that person will come in and say, well, you know, Susie, Susie has it really good. And in my head, which I can't say anything because of confidentiality, in my head I'm thinking, if you only knew. Yeah. Right? There's a reason why everyone comes to see me or some someone like me is because everybody Everybody has stuff. You have stuff, Lou. I yeah. have stuff. Yep. But it's a matter of can we say we have stuff and then be able to not compare like, well, I bet your stuff is worse than my stuff. Or I'm. It's just about just doing you. Yeah. And yeah. being able to see how do I change that? How do I not compare? As, you know, that person may be an overnight success. That's I think that's the biggest misnomer of all. There's no overnight success. Right. You know, people work hard people you know may come easier to some people or they have better networks or they've but nobody's an overnight success it just doesn't happen like that but that's what there's the social media piece again social media puts out to people that you know this person's an overnight success they're you know wealthy and what just success in general is stigmatized right exactly you know success is often hard work and sometimes it's inheritance sometimes it's you know but that's hard work of the family that's you know and right you know, it's just, but still, there are challenges and things like that. But why are you comparing yourself to that? I mean, why does that comparison need to be made? You can well, deal with your situation. Right. Well, because people want, so it's, a, you know, um, I'll coin it as being envy. Mm-hmm. People envy what other people have, and therefore, and they want that. So, yeah. you know, it's, you know, envy is an okay thing to have if it is motivating to you to get what the other person has in terms of like, a job or it motivates you to get inspired to work out more lose weight get your life together whatever but envy also can go amok and then become this thing where you know people socially compare and it gets them unhealthy Mm -hmm. you know that living up to an ideal of like the sports illustrated cover right that's you know i teach about that in my in my psych classes is that this is the ideal image that people look at but it's if you actually saw this person in person she doesn't look like that. Right. It's just it just doesn't happen like that. Or you look at the GQ magazines and you see that it's just you're socially comparing to something that's not real, and people lose sight of that because it's fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. And even if you don't have the visuals from social media, you're still socially comparing to people that you emulate in life on a daily basis. Um, that person has that because they have money. That person has that job because they went to this school. That person has that because their father or mother has money. Like, it's this thing constantly that people are doing, even right. without television, radio, and so on and so forth, that is puts people into dysregulation emotionally because it's it's not a realistic, reasonable reach for people. Yeah. Yeah. Lou's looking at me like no, he, he had a, <laughs> not looking. I'm I'm processing. I'm not oh, looking at you like I'm anything. Um, so in talking about, I mean, at the top of the show, I was talking about serial killers, jokingly, yes. but still. So talk about people who don't socially compare. Now they are the opposite side, as as so we're talking about kind of the mainstream of everybody right. who who does life. So. Serial killers don't do that at all. They don't socially compare. They don't have a social moral conscience. They can act as if they do. Right. They can pretend that there's a super ego, which is the moral manager of the brain and the limbic system of the emotional regulators. But the fact that they can do what they do 
and they get away with what they do and they continue to do what they do until they get caught. And then when they do get caught, they can say, well, if you let me go, Ted Bundy, I'll do it again. It's <laughs> because they don't have right. that, you know, they're free completely of all the angst that I've been talking about the whole show. <laughs> they don't have that. They right. don't have any remorse. They have no empathy. They don't socially relate like that. They justify everything that they do, validate it, and it has no, you know, they have no soul in that way. And so, so when yeah. someone is trying to say, I don't want to have the worries that I have or whatever, well, there is never, you don't want to go to that end because that's, you're going to go to a pathological, antisocial, uh, sociolo sociological, sociopathic kind of status. Yeah. And you can't just flip from one side to the other. This will sound like a curious question, yeah. but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Are they happy? That's a really good question. Yeah. So, so as a little side, so I teach about, I usually pick five different serial killers per class every semester that I teach about. So I yep. usually pick Eileen Warnos. Always got to throw in the one woman that's, sure. you know. And then so unusual, Bundy, John Wick. Yeah. Huh? It's so unusual, though. Who, Eileen? A woman serial well, killer, yeah. Right? So Eileen Warnos, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer. And I think this past semester I picked, he's not technically a serial killer, but he's a killer with the same kind of demeanor. Um, the one that killed the girl from my sister Sam whose his name now is skipping yeah, yeah. my head but uh, but they um, if you watch any of their tape and their reels or anything I think most of them have been asked are you happy and they would say either they don't answer or they give a roundabout answer um, Ted Bundy would look like he was happy he would act as reports would come in from his girlfriend that lived with him at the time he got caught. She reported over time of, of interviews that, you know, he was happy. He seemed happy. But I don't think it's the Yeah, I want to talk to her. What? I want to talk to her. <laughs> Forget the serial killer. Uh, well, I want to talk to the girlfriend of a serial killer. Well, yeah. they, so they, yeah. so I think that, I think that they, what psychologists, forensic psychologists, and certainly when I watch the shows, I process in my head is that, it's not that they are happy by authentic nature and genuineness because they don't have that soul piece. Right. Um, it's because they have they've learned how to chameleon to look like that, uh. and that it's not. It they I don't think they would know what that is. Just like they wouldn't know what love is, or they would because they're void of the feeling. Right. And, um, and people have you know misappropriated like comparing it to like people who have autism or something like that and not even in the same realm because people who have autism have feeling mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with that because people are trying to find a way to explain it right so i know that sometimes people say oh they'll ask that question after the show or something but it this is so really purely about being absent and void of emotional Regulation. So if you don't have the re receptors to deal with angst and social comparison and all that, you don't have the emotional receptors to feel the contentment right. of that. Yeah. Right, exactly. And yeah. now, now one could say, though, that there's emotional receptors there, obviously, because what for some things, because the dopamine that gets rushed and the endorphin rush and the adrenaline rush of doing something terrible and awful to somebody and murdering someone... Um, that's there in the capacity because it also feeds it that feels more primal than right. emotional so right yeah. so it M more instinctual than emotional but the but yeah. if you listen to like jeffrey dahmer talk about i go to him specifically because his interview comes to mind in my head about this is that he really speaks to how 
and I'm paraphrasing him clearly, but he, the way I interpret it was he was speaking to that the rush he got emotionally fulfilled him that he was doing the right thing. Or even John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy is the man who was the clown that dressed up yep. and then he killed the little kids, his, the boys in his neighborhood and, and little kids and buried them under his house. Um, floorboards and covered them with lime. And <laughs> if you want to know more about that, we can have a yep. full show on serial killers next yep. week. Oh, we can't because I have a guest next week. So next week, yeah. we'll do it for Christmas. <laughs> that would be go. a happy topic. Uh, good, yeah. <laughs> um, but when you watch John Wayne Gacy and you listen to some of his reels on, on, on his take on himself is that he would actually report, and so would some of his family members, report that he was a happy person. Yeah. And the difference between him and the others that I've talked about is he had, he had noted and documented brain damage. Because he'd been hit in the head, he fell off a swing, and no. or he got hit in the head with a swing when he was younger, and he had some other stuff. All of them share abuse. They mm -hmm. all, all, every single person that I've mentioned, they all have abuse in their history. So one would think that the abusive environment made them devoid. Not, and now it doesn't mean that people who are abused are going to be serial killers, because that's not the same thing. Right. It's just that the right conditions at the right time makes a person go down that road to become emotionally dysregulated to the point where their alarm system's not on at all. There is no alarm system because right. it doesn't matter. And the fulfillment that they well, get they shut it off as a protective as protection. Right. Yeah. Right. And and it becomes and it's quick. Mm -hmm. it, you know, if you look at history and you and you see the history of all these particular people, the histories are all shared in the fact that no matter what, they all come out like falling out the same way in terms of you know, you can see what happens at one, two, three, four, five. This didn't just yep. happen and all of a sudden a 15-year-old decides, I'm going to kill someone. It's not like that. Right. It's a very specific way that the child is, is brought up, neglected or not abused or not in heavy, heavy loaded families of alcoholism, drug use, or depression in the family, brain injuries, um, you know, emotional degradation, uh, you know, deficits in some way. And there's millions of people in the world that have similar things but don't end up like that. Right. So then one would say, okay, but there's a genetic link. Well, one would say that for Eileen Warnos. So we don't know all of that, but forensic psychology would definitely say that, you know, the emotional wellness of this yeah. person is completely devoid. And they would, they look emotional. Well, look at Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was yep. charming and lovely and knew how to talk. And Articulate, he went, yeah. he went and got his degree, sort of, in psychology and, you know... Smart, brilliant, the whole nine yards, but completely without any emotional range. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and he, yeah. and you could tell by looking at him. There's a certain way of seeing that in a person, and so one would say, well, I'd rather be emotionally dysregulated and have like the alarm system going off, right? So, but when you have those extreme comparisons, you always come back to the balance. How do you find and regulate, you know, the worries and the concerns and 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 socially norm yourself to something that's real. Right. And and that's, you know, Emotional Wellness Month. Try to find how to regulate yourself to what good reality is. And, you know, do you compare that to the Kardashians? Probably not. But how do you compare that? Well, what's good for you? What do you think is the right thing for you? Not I was going to say. What do you think? What I was going to say, how about, uh, how about self-compare? And what were your good right. moments? Where, 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 were, where were the good places? Well, that's, that's yeah. what I was saying. What, what do you think? I was saying, like, what yeah. do you personally think for yourself? Like, make your own decision. Of course, that gets in a whole different conversation about people who are not good decision makers for themselves and have to yeah. reassure themselves with other people's opinions. But 
if you could go in and say, this is okay for me, I'm okay with this, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say no to that, I'm going to pick this, I'm not going to go out here, I'm going to spend money there, like, on your own, so that you're not always worried about um, what other people think. That's one of the biggest generators of why people get into the alarm system. It really comes down to a, lo a lot of the time is I'm making decisions based on what is it going to look like to other people if I do this. Yeah. So I'm controlling for everything by making sure I'm solid on this. And that's one of the hardest things for people to break is worrying about what other people think. And we all do it. Sure. It's taken years to get away from worrying about what other people think. And it's not to say that you don't worry, not worry, that you don't respect what other people think. Right. But there's a difference when it becomes an emotional burden on you. Yeah. That we have to react. Sense. That's part of the equation. Right. We have to interact with people. Exactly. Yeah. So it's about, okay, is it something that makes somebody else unhappy, but it's the right thing for you? Just because it makes somebody else unhappy doesn't mean that it's not the right thing for you. Or the guilt that comes with saying no to somebody is a basic thing. Right. You know, people get emotionally very unstable and very unwell around, I feel guilty that that person is going to be mad at me because I said no. Right. You know? That balance between what you need and what the other person needs. Right. And, yeah. the, and then the other person, you know, oftentimes feeds off of that because they know that you're going to be upset. So then they pull That's you. how they achieve what they want. That's right. Yeah. So, and that's a dance that happens all the time. And yep. being able to say no and sit with the bad feeling so the other person knows that you're not going to give in and they'll stop doing that. So the dance stops and then it gets to a nice balance. So there's so many facets of emotional wellness mm -hmm. don't you think Lou? yes what <laughs> lose processing i am i'm processing I'm taking, lose processing. taking it all in um but yeah so we should talk about serial killers sometime i'll give my whole <laughs> spiel yes. on uh, all the i didn't know details. it was such a hobby for you oh well i so i teach when i teach my classes in psych i use the serial killer to teach the freud concept so Freud's concept on the unconscious mind and the development of your of your reality man, your ego, and your need base, your id, and mm -hmm. if anyone knows Freud, super ego, which is your moral manager, the concept is really hard ethereally when you have to study what Freud's really about and he gets a bad rap. But I actually love talking about him and what he does and how to understand the human mind because I think he did a really good job. He was also high as a kite on, on yeah. cocaine. Well. I mean, on opium, pure, because he had jaw cancer, so he was always writing and doing things like high as a kite. So I'm sure that helped him open up his mind yes. and, and talk yeah. about these things. But he has a fascinating way of doing it, but people often get lost in all of his writing. So... Over the years, I've likened it to how to use serial killers to describe his theory. So that's how I teach my class on yeah. it, is that hmm. how to teach the development of the personality under the psychoanalysis theory, uh, the psychoanalytic theory, is through serial killers. And I think it's probably one of the most popular parts of my class because <laughs> people love talking about it. It's, I do two days of it, and they're like, this is so great. It's fascinating. Yeah. So I probably make the ratings go up for all the documentaries of those five oh, people I always pick. That's your social comparison you talked about. Well, at yeah. least I'm not Ted Bundy. It, exactly. <laughs> or John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Or Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm not eating anybody. Yeah. You know, no cannibalism. It's all good. And that's it's a plus for me today. All right. So. <laughs> Jeffrey well, Dahmer so always. Happy Emotional Wellness Month of October 2020. <laughs> I hope everyone on that note of serial killers. Yes. Happy Emotional Wellness Month. Um, but the takeaway from that is just obviously to to really find some kind of balance by comparing yourself to yourself and seeing if something's good for you and, and seeing, are you in alarm state all the time? You don't have to be in alarm state. 
and maybe even just noting, don't go too far from that, yeah. but just noting, I'm in alarm state all the time, and I don't have to be in this. Trying to figure Everything out the circumstances when you're in a good place and, and what's going on when that happens. Repeat one more time. Is it about, um, could it be about finding out, trying to figure out when you're in a good space, when you're yes. happy, yes. and trying to figure out what conditions it prevail yeah, noting that. when you do that, right? right exactly. And what's the and so enemy of that? Bypassing yeah. it and ignoring yeah. it, and then being like, oh, I wish I could feel like oh, that like, again. Yeah, I, lo I love it when I'm in my garden. All right, well, what's going on with your garden? Right. What, are you, what are you thinking about? What's, right. what's going on, right? And usually people say nothing. Exactly. Right. Which they're thinking about stuff, but it's not, not the stuff they're thinking about when they're driving or whatever. Yeah, and a dirty, well, driving. Another great example. I know. People Shower. love to drive. They love Shower. the commute. Showers. Yeah. You can why? Stay in the shower all day. Yeah. Why? Because you're not you're not being harassed by every little thought and every little jealousy and every little problem. Exactly. And the dirty little secret is you don't have to be in the garden. You don't have to be in the shower. You don't have to be in the car. You can create those spaces, spaces otherwise. Right. Exactly. But you'd have to slow yourself down enough to know that. And, and it's not about twenty four seven. No. People get overwhelmed by the fact I got to be that way twenty four seven. No, you can't be. But people think they can. It's either all, that's the all or nothing. Yeah, no. That you have to be one way or the other. You can't be. There's necessary no. hard. There's life. you got to go out in the world. Right. But you can create some time for yourself every day. And then you, okay, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do, see, I've got the clients in my head going, but I don't have any time. Yeah. <laughs> we could loop this. Yep. Loop this, right? I don't have time. <laughs> right. And we hold a whole different show on I don't have time. I don't know. That's so, a, that'd be a great show. I know. So yeah. not next week, but the week after we could do that. We'll note that in in our heads that we'll talk about people who don't have time and the, and the theories behind that and how can people deal with that. And I'm not anywhere near not the person that says that. You like that? All those negatives? Yes, yes. I, I think I got the point. I absolutely say sometimes. You feel a schedule crush. Yeah. The double negatives. Yep. Um, I don't have time. But I do, and it's just about me carving it out. Mm -hmm. But we'll, and, and I have techniques for that because I, too, have, you know, I practice what I preach, and I, too, do this. I don't have time. Yep. Um, so, but next week, it's very exciting, mm -hmm. super exciting. <laughs> if no one can see Lou's face, he's like, <laughs> um, So I have, a couple weeks ago, as you guys know, I had Frank Simonetti. It's like the, it's like the snow season's coming, and so now I've got all these people coming in that have to do with winter sports. Yep. And I have the illustrious, <laughs> like the word? Yep. Okay. That came right on top. Very good. Illustrious Olympic silver medalist, pair skater, mm -hmm. the half of the pair skater. Yes. Because his sister won't be with us, but she is um, in Texas, and hopefully she'll be listening. But Peter Carruthers. Nice. And Peter Carruthers will be with us next week, and I will be talking to him about um, his illustrious career and mm -hmm. what he's doing now. He's doing amazing things here locally and um, helping the youth, much like the Bruins are doing. He's yep. helping youth of America become skaters and hockey players and, and so on and so forth and giving back. And um, we're going to touch base and talk all about, uh, like, and how kids in ice skating um, manage life and so on and so forth, and I'm sure it will be very entertaining. He's a great guy, yes. and so he'll be with us next week. Next week. So if you have not followed my podcast, please follow me, um, like me, share me. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, most other outlets, too. Exactly. Yeah. And if you want to sign up for my newsletter, we have the link on your daily game face. Do we not? Gamefaceconsulting.com? Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. So if you want to sign up for my newsletter, the new one's coming out today, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so you can, Is it about uh, serial killers? Huh? Is it about serial killers? No, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> but clearly that was fascinating. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you guys for joining, and I will see you all next week.